Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. As a pastor, uh, one of my passion is uh, every person go through three stages of their lives. First, uh, they come to know Christ, Jesus. Is, um, then second, they grow in the likeness of Jesus. And third, they find their calling to serve Jesus. Uh, one Sunday morning in our church, a young guy with uh, tattoos and, um, and with a little, uh, his son, he walked in the church. Then I got connected with him. Uh, then um, he said, let's go for a lunch. After the service, we went for a lunch. Then he said, he came to Christ very recently, and his life was in a mess. He used to own a restaurant. He had two single houses, happily married life, but he got into drugs, alcohol, girls, sex, and everything, and his marriage fell apart, and he ended up homeless, lost everything. And someone shared him the gospel online, and he came to Christ. Then he uh, was looking for a local church, and he came, uh, and I got connected. Uh, we went for lunch. Uh, then he said, you know, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus. I surrender everything to him. What's next? Now, what's the plan? I don't know exactly what to do. Then I told him the whole plan of God is for us to become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's the plan. And I, I could see tears in his eyes saying, I like this master plan of God. I want to become like Jesus, and I want to demonstrate Christ from my life to my younger son, but not to my old self. I want to become a better dad, better friend, better husband if I get married. And he further quoted from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, old has gone and new has come. From that day onward, I have seen him growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. It is amazing. Now let's go back to the text of this morning from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Can we read that text? 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, 
make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them as nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So in, in, in these uh, passages, um, uh, the Apostle Peter talks about three things. The first thing is, verses 1 to 2, Peter says that you are made righteous in Christ Jesus through his abundance, grace, and forgiveness of your sins. You are made righteous, not because of your good works, how good you are, but through the abundance of grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in, um, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, the Apostle Paul also says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Then, now let's go back to the text. In verse 3, Peter says that God's divine power has given us everything we need to live a holy and godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He has given us everything we need to become holy. He has given us his only one begotten son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, before he to heaven. He said, I'm going to give you Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to live in you. Then in John chapter 1 verse 16, we, we read, from the fullness of grace, from His divine power, we have received one grace after another grace. Then Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, we have received every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to be holy and blameless in his sight. Before the foundation of this creation, God chose us to be his children. He washed away our sins and he lavished his grace, the riches of grace upon us. In Christ Jesus, we have received this. Then in John chapter 17, verse 22, Jesus says, Father, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. We have received everything. Then, then further in Second Peter chapter one, chapter two, sorry, Second Peter chapter one, verse four, Peter says that God has given us very great and precious promises to participate in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. 
Now, how many great and precious promises that God has made for humans? Actually, someone actually counted the promises in the Bible, and he came up with 7,487 great and precious promises made by God for humankind. I believe on those promises of God. I grew up believing that God has blessed me in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every promise made in this Bible is for me. Every chapter is for me. Every verse and every line that speaks about the promises of God is for me. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, King, King Solomon says, Praise be to the God, the Lord. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. Amen. We are given God's grace, forgiveness of our sins, the Holy Spirit, the glory, power, authority, Forgiveness of our sins, great and pre precious promises to participate in the divine nature of our Lord Jesus Christ and to become more and more like him. What do you lack? Nothing. However, this doesn't happen overnight. It is not an automatic. The Holy Spirit is working in us to change us, to transform us, to be like Jesus. We are work in progress. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says that we are confident of this, that he who began good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Then in verse 4 and 5, Peter says, Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affections, and to mutual affections love. In these verses, Peter talks about our initiative, our desire to pursue the holiness of God. Peter emphasizes that every day we participate in the divine nature of Christ and become more and more like him. The whole plan of God, our existence, is that we would be drawn to Christ Jesus. There is a reason for our existence. Every human, even institution like Trinity Western University, they have a mission, vision to impart Christ-centered education. They, they have a reason for their existence. The existence, the reason of their existence may be mission, vision, education, building, uh, finance, political or economical, health or career or job, or so on and on. Why do we exist? We exist to fulfill the great, great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28 verse 80, 
to 20, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them what I have commanded. For surely I will be with you at the end of the age. Why do you exist? We exist to be like Jesus and reproduce Christ-like disciples. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Giving All to Christ, writes, In the same way, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, if they are not, that all the cathedrals, clergy, mission sermons, even Bible itself, are simple, a waste of time. God became human for no other purpose but to reconcile all things, things in heaven, things on earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things in Christ Jesus. Jesus is before all creation, all things, and in him all things hold together. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, we read, further, that God was pleased to have all the fullness of God dwell in Jesus, and through him he reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. God did this through his son Jesus, so that we would be drawn to Christ and receive his divine nature and qualities and become more and more like him. Therefore, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Peter says, if you receive these godly qualities or participate in divine nature in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look at the phrase, if you receive this in increasing measure. What does it mean by increasing measure? John MacArthur explains that increasing measures means to have more than is necessary or become more and more in abundance, and finally, to even superabound. In summer, one of the activities we like is going to berry picking farms and apple farms, and pick up uh, and fill up our buckets to the brim. And one time we brought that to, to, to the farmer, and the farmer says, your buckets are not full. The buckets are never full until they are running over. Christian is never filled with the spirit and spiritual blessings until his or her life is running over with the good things of God, refreshing the lives of others. 
Growing and increasing measures means the spirit-filled life is the overflowing life. It is like an artesian well whose source, whose source is higher than its outflow. The outflow is spontaneous. Jesus is the source of every spiritual blessings. And we go to him and we receive. Then our blessing is spontaneous and outflow through each one of us. But Christian life, that does not run over or overflow with spiritual blessings to others is never a source of spiritual refreshments to others. Now look at the conversation that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman, her life was dry, empty. The things of this world did not give uh, any satisfaction or fulfillment. The beauty, vanity, wealth, power, sex, nothing could give her fulfillment in her life. She already had five husbands, and the man that she was living with was not her husband. And she was hiding uh, in, the, in the scorching hot day when there was nobody. She used to go to the well and draw water. She was thirsty. The water that she was drawing from her life was like a broken cistern. Her life was similar like the nation uh, Israel that turned away from God, Yahweh, God of Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, God says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The things of this world will never give us joy, fulfillment. Then Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, if you had known the Messiah, he would give you the living water. The water, whoever drinks the water, this water will be thirsty again. But the water that I give to you, you will be never become thirsty. And you become a fountain of living water bubbling inside and gushing into eternal life. Then in chapter 4, this woman, and end of the chapter 4, this Samaritan woman, she goes to her village and she proclaims the gospel of Jesus to everyone. Then the people from her town come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of this woman's testimony. And this woman found the calling of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Peter says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. What is your calling and election? Is your calling to become more and more like Jesus? To participate in the divine nature of Christ and serve Jesus and give him glory and honor? In the beginning, I introduced that guy, my friend. Last summer, he came to me and he said, Pastor, I have found the calling of God 
He called me completely to be humble and gentle and be patient and love one another. God took me out from that darkness of addiction, from that pit into his wonderful light. Now God has called me to serve to those needy, homeless, addicts uh, with the love of Christ. In conclusion, the Apostle Peter says, For if you do these, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. In Matthew 25, verse 21, we read the same thing. Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share master's happiness. Now, I want to finish it by giving you a call to action what are few Christ-like actions can you do this week to make every effort to participate in the divine nature of Christ? It may be loving your enemies or praying for them or demonstrating compassion and love to needy or walking extra mile for your friend or saying no to the evil desires. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWChapel. Until next time, much love.